Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Marines advance. The Japanese defenders of Iwo were select, specially chosen men, fighting with their army's newest weapons and every advantage of terrain in their favor. Their fortress caves saturating the island are wiped out by high explosives. Jima is conquered. Only isolated snipers remain. Its airstrips are already in use by American super fortresses. Atop Mount Suribachi, this flag is 625 miles from Tokyo. Nineteen fifty-nine. Lloyd Price had the number one hit with Stagger Lee. But I, I before we go to the phones, Giles, hang on. We're gonna take your phone call next. But I just gotta talk a little bit about uh, that news clip that John played. Yep, the the raising of the flag on Mount Suribachi, Iwo Jima. I remember when I was a kid, I was a Boy Scout, Troop fifty two, Holy Rosary. There were two scoutmasters, Hugh Davitt from North Scranton and a Mr. Herschler. I forget his first name, but they took a busload of us to Washington, D.C. And I remember seeing that monument to Iwo Jima, and I just stood there staring at it, just just looking at it. Just absolutely amazing. It, I think it had a big influence on me. It really, really did. So this is a, a historic date. Let's see. Bob has a note here. 1945, during World War II, U.S. Marines on Iwo Jima capture Mount Suribachi, where they raised the American flag. Wow. And, of course, we all know what that looks like. But i got to tell you, the Marine Detachment, which is uh, on East Mountain in Scranton, they have uh, models of various battles. And I remember when I was at Channel 16, doing a story on all the cenotaphs, all the, the monuments that they have in there. And one of them is from Mount Suribachi, and it was just amazing. So if you get a chance to visit sometime, you can call them and you can find. So anyway, we've been talking about the Casey Highway. And I'm telling you, I just have a real problem with the Casey Highway. Giles, thanks for calling from Archibald. What's on your mind? Hello. Hi, Frank. Good morning. It's great to hear you again. And um, I really admire you. You're very... Um, straight up, and uh, I really do appreciate your comment on the Casey Highway right off the bat. Um, that's complete backbone. I appreciate that. I, I'm local. I'm a local fellow also, and um, I, I understand that is I used to travel, but I don't anymore. I have to go through the town. Uh, I avoid that whole area because it's a total disaster. Um, I appreciate that comment, and uh Finally, somebody has some backbone to uh, call whoever's in, whoever's responsible for that, Frank. Um, over uh, the person or people who are trying to, who are supposed to oversee that whole job, where are they at? Uh, they need to be called out uh, for something to be left like that. Is really uh, a shame that our tax dollars have been spent like that. Uh, what a disaster that Casey is. I just really admire your, your backbone. And uh, Colin, whoever 
is, is involved with that out uh, just the way you see it, and I see it the same way. I, I just want to thank you for that, and it's really great to hear you again. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, now, someone said, Frank, the Casey Highway surface will be milled when all the patching and sealing is completed. Okay. Let me, let me, let me just, I mean, I realize this is perhaps in, in the, the scheme of all the news that's going on, shootings in Ohio and all that. I realize that this, you know, may not be number one on the hit parade here, but it, it but it bothers me because I drive it. I really believe that when the highway was built, it was a, a, a gem. I mean, you could go all the way to Carbondale, you know, until you get close to Waymart there. You could drive it, and it was an easy ride, and it was a very smooth ride. Now they've, they've tore it up. Okay, so why wouldn't they mill it as they go? Why are they going to leave it all messy for miles and miles and miles? If the, if the whole project is mill it, we'll mill it. You know, so that, I mean, you're supposed to be serving the drivers. So don't tell me you're going to tear it up and it's going to look like a washboard. And then at some point it'll get better. Make it better as you're doing it. I mean, it is just an absolute mess. And someone said, you know, call PennDOT. You know, PennDOT doesn't really respond to people, especially when it comes to contractors. People are sending me in text saying, hey, you know, they did this, they did this, they closed this bridge. It's been, you know, closed for 100 years in this line. You know, I mean, listen, we have done shows on PennDOT, right? But I'm, I'm just telling you, and I don't mean to belabor it again, but that whatever, whoever's working on that Casey Highway, you should never get another government contract because you're doing a crummy, crummy job. So there you go. All right. 27 minutes now after nine o'clock. So Buddha judge is in Ohio. When I see what's going on in Ohio, that is a very scary situation. It reminds me, it reminds me of the marginal battery situation in troop. Some of you remember that? Now, I live in Troop. I served as the mayor of Troop. But I was a reporter on Channel 16 when that whole marginal battery stuff went down. And I can remember people afraid of what was going on. I mean, Troop was like considered like Chernobyl. I mean, you know, mercury and lead poisoning and all that stuff. And here's government officials coming in, testing people, taking blood, telling us, you know, how the kids are going to be affected, long range and all that baloney. And I remember Paul Kanjorski coming in, and I remember they're talking about how you're going to clean it up how you're going to clean it up you got to get truckloads of all the the contaminated soil and get it out of there no we can't do that that'll be too expensive well okay epa has a big incinerator bring it in and burn the dirt you clean just clean up all the contempt no we can't do that so what they wound up doing the epa after years and years and years and years of contamination and by the way the situation was the marginal battery company would bury old batteries and so all the the lead and the mercury and everything leached into the ground and it was contaminated and it became a health hazard. So what they finally did, they covered it. They built this big giant concrete dome over the contaminated area. But I can remember as I relate to, to what happened in Ohio, the government came in and just said, no, it's okay. It's not really that bad. Don't worry about it. But, you know, that's easier said than done. And that's what they're saying in Ohio. Uh, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And that, you know, it goes back to the Ronald Reagan stuff. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Run in fear. 40, 40 degrees right now, 40 degrees. You know, I guess, like I said, it's relative. This has been a crummy, crummy winter if you like snow, or I guess a good winter if you don't like snow. 
I mean, it's just been a nothing winter, right? I mean, it's been we've I mean, we've had really, really cold temperatures. Remember that, you know, when it was really, really, really cold, you know, down to the single digits. By the way, that was a learning experience for me. Um, I'm told, see, I am diesel challenged. I really am. I know you folks have been very helpful to me when I was, you know, talking about getting that uh, that wheelchair van. It is a diesel, four ninety nine a gallon. But anyway, it is a diesel, and I didn't know what I'm supposed to do when it went down, you know, single digit temperatures. I had a friend who told me, "Well, you have to, you know, get a an engine block heater." Well, I don't have an engine block heater, so I was going out and starting it and running it for a few hours just to keep it going. But uh, you know, I I I I I'm diesel challenged. I got to learn all the stuff you have to do. They're telling me that there's additives you can add, so I got to read up on that. So you know that that's my situation. But it has been an interesting winter, hasn't it? I mean, we had the really cold temperatures. On my my electric bill is usually about mm, like one eighty to two hundred dollars a month. Okay, after that real cold spell real, real cold spell. It came in, it was like 450. And the first thing I thought about is, well, that hit me. What about people who are on just a fixed income, you know, and have to decide, you know, whether they're going to pay their electric bill or whether they're going to get their medicine. I mean, that's a scary situation. I can't tell you the number of people that I had to talk to about applying for LIHEAP. That's the low income, you know, heating assistance program. But, uh, you know, complicated situation so crummy winter so we're going to get uh, a wintry mix monday and tuesday you know we're never out of the woods i can remember one easter sunday when we had a lot of snow so we are in the second day of lent so we're heading to easter sunday well speaking of old friends luciano que pasa Oh, you say que pasa. The Puerto Ricans and Cubans say that. Mexicans say que tal. And people from uh, South America, Central America says uh, hola. Hola. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it means the same thing. It says hello, but, you know, Mexicans say hello different. And uh, que tal is, is, is popular in Central America and Peru and South America. But that's neither here nor there. I wish your, your little child, your baby angel, how's those doctors treating your children? little baby she's good she's good she's going to have surgery on march 8th on her hands but she's doing good okay i'll probably call you how long are you going to be on for two three days just two today and tomorrow okay since i won't call you tomorrow i got a question for you i, I follow this please joe biden has not it took him a year and a half to arrive at the southern border it took that um, transportation authority person, took him three weeks to finally show up at, at, in Ohio. And uh, but Joe Biden says that everything is why. And I heard that Ohio, the population of 5,000 plus, they're Republican, they're white, and they're rural. Am I playing the race card? Have a pleasant week. Thank you, Bob. Frank, Bob excuse me, Frank. Take care, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Luciano. I've I've thought about that too. Um, you know, not not a racial issue. I just wonder if because it's a Republican governor, that it's like, yeah, you know, we're not going to do anything here. But that's the sad part, isn't it? I mean, where you're going to pick and choose who you're going to help. I I think it was a real slap in the face that he went to Ukraine and didn't go either to Ohio or to the southern border. Now he went to the southern border. Right. Remember that? And they cleaned everything up for a photo opportunity. 
So he didn't really see the southern border, didn't want to see the southern border, didn't care about the southern border. I, I, I mean, I was on the air here for five years. I just don't get it. And I don't, I don't understand. I just don't get the fact that the Biden administration just wants immigrants to pour across our border. And they're telling us the border is secure. And they're blaming the Trump administration. And there are millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants that have just crossed. I have no problem with immigration. I am the grandchild of immigrants. I understand that. But to just randomly walk across the border, no matter what you are, who you are, and now they're finding Chinese nationals that are coming across the border. I mean, I I just don't get it. Like, wh- why can't something be done? I mean, you have, you know, Republicans that are now in control of the House of Representatives. Isn't there something that can be done to just shut the border down? I mean, even ju- just the fentanyl stuff just makes me lose my mind. I just don't get it. Why we're not doing more. And, you know, where are all these people? Are they going to take the jobs? I mean, it's just a nutty situation. I just don't understand it, and I don't know why it continues to happen. And we now have millions and millions and millions of people. And Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, who's supposed to be, you know, a staunch conservative Republican, Lindsey Graham is now teaming up with with Democrats to come up with some kind of an amnesty. And I'm telling you, maybe I've been out of the loop too long, but I just don't get it. 20 minutes before 10 o'clock. 883-0098. Cordaro is off today. He called me yesterday. Well, he texted me yesterday. When I drive the Scranton Expressway, uh, coming in from downtown Scranton and heading up towards the uh, Viewmont Mall, there's a big billboard there with Cordaro's face on it. And it says, join me. Sunday mornings at 1130 on WNEP. So now he's on TV. I hope he doesn't have a small car because he won't get his head in it. But anyway, he he texted me and he said, I want you to come on my TV show with me. Well, he wanted me to do it yesterday, but I couldn't. And now he wants me to do it in March. And I would love to do it with him. He is a friend and I'd, you know, just love to, to blab with him. So anyway, I'll, I, I'm, this is, this is, you know, someone said to me, what are you going to talk about when you go back on the air? I said, you know, this is kind of like sitting on the front porch, a couple of rocking chairs, you know, catching up with old friends. So if you want to give us a call, talk about the Casey highway, talk about the Southern border, talk about anything that's going on. Be my guest. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen, to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We're talking about a whole bunch of stuff. I kind of tongue-in-cheek said when I, you know, opened up the microphone here at nine o'clock, I said, I told some friends, if I get back on the air, one of the first things I'm going to say is that PennDOT has destroyed the Casey Highway. And I cannot believe the number of people who are texting just talking about the Casey Highway, including Chris from Dunmore. What's on your mind, Chris? Uh, Morning, Frank. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Frank, for the past two or three years, I've been traveling that highway probably 
four or five times a week. There was nothing wrong with that. Honey. Nothing. I agree. There was. If why fix what's not broken? Is what, is what you have to do is follow the money. Okay, they're spending thirty million dollars on it to upgrade it or whatever they they claim to be doing. Look at the company that's doing the work. Then look at go back and look at their picture being taken with Kyle Mullins. This is how these these people feed money back to their friends and their friends feed it to their campaigns. It's a disgrace. You have nobody investigating, no overwatch. And that's what you need. Yep, that's what you need. Well, we don't really have investigative reporters anymore. I mean, those days are gone. You don't even have state inspectors that do their jobs right. Yeah, it's. I've seen them. I've seen them take ten inches of concrete out, fill it in with dirt, and put four inches of concrete over it. Yeah, it's a scam. It's a scam to pump money back to their politicians. That's all. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you. I mean. You know, John and I are joking that he likes to drive it in the morning because it wakes him up. I mean, and I, I yeah, listen, I appreciate you telling me that they're going to grade it and they're going to do all this stuff, but it's just nuts. That was a nice highway. It was a very nice highway. By the way, we just had uh, the commercial was on talking about, it was actually what's called a promo. They were promoting stuff. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, former president Jimmy Carter, is now in hospice. What is he, 98? I got to tell you a a story because it always reminds me. Way back, I mean, this is, you know, back when Lincoln was president, I was doing a talk show for WEJL. It was called Issue Line. That was back in the 70s, right? Back in the 70s. So Jimmy Carter's president, and he and Rosalind Carter are coming into the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport. So I called the, the, the White House press office and I'm looking for an opportunity to interview the president or the first lady. So they say, yep, you can do an interview with Rosalind Carter. And I said, well, I'd really like to get a picture with her when she comes into the airport so that I can uh, promote it. Oh, sure. No problem. We'll have someone escort you out to the tarmac and you can get a picture with uh, the first lady. So Air Force One lands at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport and Jimmy Carter gets out and he's glad handed and talking to everybody there. And Rosalind Carter is there. And I guess it was Secret Service walked me out to the tarmac to stand next to the first lady to get a picture. So the the guy that was going to take the the picture was on a tr- a big giant platform a tripod he wasn't wasn't there with me he had to zoom in he's up on the up on the the pedestal or you know some kind of a lift or something like that to take the promotional picture of me and the first lady and like a dummy he picks up his two way radio and says I have a good shot at the first lady from here. <laughs> What you should never say when you are in that guy, I have a good shot at the first lady from here. You have never in your life seen so many Secret Service agents come out of the woodwork. I mean, they were dressed like hippies. There were some of them with long hair and jeans. They were all over the place. They grabbed this guy. They took him down. Oh, man, it was amazing that we ever got the picture. But we wound up getting the picture. (laughs) This guy wasn't arrested. But, you know, it was a lesson. What not to say. What not to say. I got a good shot at the first lady from here. And we wound up doing the interview, and it was kind of fun anyway. 
Joseph from Berwick. I was glad you called. I heard you talking to Bob yesterday, and I was thinking about you. How are you, my friend? Oh, thank you, Frank. It's, it's wonderful to talk to you. I was just praying for you and your family last night, so this is so encouraging to hear your voice. Thank you very much, and I appreciate prayers anytime. So here's the thing. When your prior caller mentioned about the graft and these public work projects, you know, here's what people never realize, and, the, and, the, and it's not covered in the press either. Uh, how this stuff happens, Frank, is... When, when these uh, politicians suddenly become multimillionaires off a career that doesn't pay that much, it, it's not by accident. When, when campaign contributions are made and, and you hear of somebody getting like $49 million, uh, but they spend $30 million on their campaign, they don't give that other $19 million back. They're, they're, okay? So, so your, your last call is absolutely correct about the graft and, and how it does happen through this stuff. And, and I also heard you talking about Jimmy Carter, and I wanted to mention there quick because – I was a kid when he was in office, and I, and and there's something about that time, you know. He he was a great man, uh, you know. I, I think he had a terrible administration, but he was a great man. And something interesting about him, um, he, that man, he he represents a time in America where. His own administration, his own vice president, if you remember, actually stood up to him and and disagreed with him uh, and 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 let him know that they they weren't all on board with stuff he was doing. When and and since that time, you know, we don't see that things have become so political, and uh, and, and and everybody tries to basically win at any cost. But when Jimmy Carter left office, he never went after people. He never tried getting revenge on people he thought might be responsible for his failure. And he went on to live the life that he did. And he truly was a great man, as much as I disagreed with his policies. Well, I agree. He was a very strong Christian, and he still is. And I, 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 From what I understand, he's 98 years old. But up until recently, he taught a Bible study at his church every Sunday. So, I mean, he, he maintained who he was. He never changed. I'm curious. I forget. Who was his vice president, Joe? Well, I believe it was Mondale. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Walter yeah. Mondale, yeah. Because, because when he went on and made that speech about, uh, oh, yeah, there's a name for it. And we went on and he basically said to America, you're expecting too much. That's why. But when he went on and made that speech, you know, Mondale stood up to him and said, don't you dare go on and say that to the American people. I mean, back then, the press would actually hold people accountable and, and publish things that weren't flattering to the Democrat Party. I mean, so much has changed since that man. And I, I think he may have been the last great man in, in office like that. Yeah. Well, Joe, it's good to hear you. Thank you so much for calling. Jimmy Carter. That, you know, they keep saying that his was the worst presidency of all. Uh, and and as Joe said, as an administrator, he didn't do a good job, but he was a good man, still is a good man. And, you know, we wish him well. He knows he's about to slip into eternity, 98 years young, but he wants to be home. And I, I can certainly respect that. Well, my friend Wayne from Einan. Wayne, how are you? How's your health? Everything good? Everything's doing well. Thank you. Thanks very much. And just want to say nice to hear your voice. Thank you. I hope everything's hope everything's well with your family also. Okay, all that good, just that good stuff. That's all I wanted to do. Is 
just say that, Frank. I know there's many, many, many things we could talk about in this world today. Yeah, for that's, sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, buddy. Okay. Have a good one. Thank okay? you. Thank you. I, I'm telling you, this is like sitting on the front porch just catching up with old friends. Um, a bunch of you texted in when I started talking about Harper. She's having surgery on her hands. Her Her wrists are turned in. And so in order to free up her hands a little bit, she's got to have some of the tendons cut. So that's coming up in March. So I just want to let you know what that is. But, you know, like I said, it was the seventh birthday yesterday, we had a nice cake from Lynn Sandy's Bakery. Lynn Sandy's Bakery is in uh, South Scranton. And uh, I can remember, um, oh boy, I can remember uh, when I was teaching at Lackawanna College, uh, I believe it's Paul. I believe his name is Paul. He was one of my students. But Lynn Sandy's Bakery is a great, great place. It's right there on Pittston Avenue. So if you need to get baked goods, that's a great place to go. They have great cakes. And I remember going in there around Christmas time where it was standing room only. They had such great stuff. So anyway, I don't mean to give them a plug, but I do mean to give them a plug because they made us a beautiful birthday cake for the twins, Sebastian and Harper. And I appreciate that. All right, let's see. Let me let me find out what's going on. We got to take a break here in a couple of minutes and then we'll come back we're going to talk about some stuff and one of the things that I want to talk about and I keep saying we're gonna and then we don't get to it is the fact that they gave all this secret security stuff on January 6th to Tucker Carlson right they gave it to Tucker Carlson my question is was that a good choice Tucker Carlson should they have done it some other way Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 